like, don't do that, Dad. You're my dad. Yeah, Dad. God. Alright, welcome back, Girls Talk Comics. I'm doing the intro again. Why? I don't know. Initiative. Because you're the master. Hell yeah, that master of mediocrity. It's Erin. Hey! Hi, Erin. <laughs> Hello, Jessica. Are you going to introduce yourself? Sure, I guess maybe. It's the lieutenant of literature, Jessica. There we go. Hey. Now we got it. We're both deal? here. What's my deal? My deal is Giant Days, Volume 1. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's a boombox oh. title by John Allison and Lisa Tremond. And Giant Days follows the characters Daisy Wooton, Esther DeGroote, Susan Ptolemy, and the various men and women who come across their past during their first year of college. Daisy is naive in discovering that she may really like girls. Esther is beautiful and a magnet for drama. And Susan is a grumpy feminist who has a chip on her shoulder for one man in particular. In this issue, they deal with the wonders of health and drugs, teens plagiarizing their feminist, and I put that in quotes, mind you, writings, and sexual predators on campus. It's a slice-of-life comic that has lasted for over 20 trade paperbacks, and I have no idea where it's going. But, <laughs> dear Jessica, what you got for me? <laughs> I just love this so much. I haven't read a lot of it, but I did read this volume one, like, independently of the podcast before we decided to do it for the podcast. And God, it just, it's just such a good slice of life. It reminded me of college and it's all its terrible glory. Moments in it were so good. Like, the characters that we find ourselves experience in college with you know and the caricatures that we sort of build for ourselves as we learn how to cope with college and we find ourselves having to do and express ourselves like i mean like you're allowed to do and express yourself like you are in high school except for with the added daily burden of taking care of yourselves and you're left to handle that new challenge with your often brand new friends that you just met there at college <laughs> and the tools you have left over from high school which is like who actively knows what they need to survive when they're leaving high school and what the fuck is that about like specifically the scene that i love so much is the scene where esther is so sick and has to wander out of her room in her full goth regalia like just bust in somebody's like house and like disturb their party and ate their food and stuff and i mean just really it touched me in such a such a specific place because I, I remember being sick in college, you know, like young in college when your friendships are fairly fresh and you're all alone and, you know, you're kind of navigating how, like, nobody's bringing you chicken noodle soup anymore. Soup anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, dealing with that in a slice of life comedy series just made me so happy. Also, when dealing with feminism and learning that it can't be as simple as you want it to be without you turning into a terrible person you know like navigating like what it means to advocate for yourself without just trying to be shitty to everyone around you because it makes you feel better and finally i mean like this first volume had so much in it because like the navigating attraction where, where people, people are allowed mm -hmm. to just want friendship from you and that doesn't mean that you're terrible or they're terrible or anything's wrong that's just the way it is and 
and that and that's actually more than one of the characters is like that and just yep. kind of navigating yep. what it means, what it means to, be to be an adult about it. About it. Just, just God, this is I just love this series so much, Aaron. You brought up two of the things that I really, really uh, that stuck out with me. The the feminism conversation that was happening in this really stuck out. And now I, I believe this is not an American title. Um, I think the slang was very like not things that I was familiar with and I was like this is this is not American <laughs> I think um let's see who John Allison yeah he's British also one of the like, big flex what like John Allison wrote a slice of life about three college age girls you know like that's yeah like because like, I mean way I to go I John mean, I, didn't, I didn't know it was a dude yeah so th- that kind of brings me back to that feminism conversation right so one, the, the, again, to wrap up the conversation about the slang, the slang, I was like, this is a little bit inaccessible because I don't understand what the fuck they're talking about because it's crazy. You know, both speak English, completely different vocabularies. There was a couple hiccups over that, but when they got to the feminism conversations, the ease in which he threw out misandry, the fact that her feminism was less, like, it really got the point when it, Susan came to defend Esther against the uh, sexual harassment she was experiencing online and those reactions to it and the way that the school reacted to it were very realistic. So, like, way to go, John. But when they started to talk about misandry, the anger of the teenagers, it started to touch on a different conversation about feminism than I think needs to be happening. Now, this volume one is a few years old, so it could just be dating it. And I don't really want to impose conversations about feminism on countries that aren't my own. (laughs) That's pretty arrogant of me. But, like, I hope that's something that evolves. Or in the other volumes. Like, I hope if they stick to the... If they really make Susan's personality around being a feminist, that it evolves and grows over time as she copes with whatever bad history she has from being a teenager we seem to like this idea of traumatized teenagers and affecting their adulthood maybe that's a theme in life but whatever it was kind of an important thing where she like her words were being manipulated and sold by teenagers and they were making it something that wasn't real and it was a nice call out i think for esther as well or not for esther for susan was to have somebody be like what up your words are like when said from the mouths of babes kind of a little over the top which made me uncomfortable for some reasons but was i think also a good critique for others because you can't take any anger that you have for one person and apply it for an entire group of people you just can't um and the the hatred of groups is not in my opinion, feminist. That that was a really yeah, important like it, thing. It, it's the feminism that I relate to from when I first moved from small town Kansas where there wasn't really a discussion of it, you know, to a place where I was interacting with people who had more evolved social conversations about this from earlier in their growth, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like that was more my small town feminism sort of growing to the and, and moving to the big city to figure out like what it meant without using people's critiques of feminism to sort of define how I performed it, you know? Like, because sometimes yeah. that's how it happens when you're in a small, enclosed social space. Is like, everything that they're saying is bad about it. You're like, well, that doesn't seem so bad, and I think I'm as good as any guy, so I guess that's just what I believe. And then later you move on. Whether it's, I don't know, 
female reproductive rights or just voting or jobs or anything like you you kind of take the conversations that are around you and then you kind of move them to a place or or delve into them and start conversations with people that believe that and have that more ingrained in their life and kind of use that to build yourself a better base you know so you're not Mm -hmm. not like working off of all of those fallacies that they're giving to you because like you're an active you know contrast to their beliefs so i don't know like i could see where it could borderline on really problematic and I guess I didn't realize that it was a male author so I didn't even react to that I just thought it was a very nuanced look at (laughs) like how sometimes you you grow in your beliefs as a young adult but you know now that I'm looking at it again I'm like yeah okay I could see that being borderline it just didn't read that way for me because I was being sympathetic I guess like no and I was I was being seen that happen several times yeah I was being sympathetic as well like don't get me wrong um there was just something about the conversation that I thought like reading it, I was like, this doesn't seem like it was being written. I, I don't know anything about the author. Like, I cannot say whether or not they right. are a feminist or not. They probably are because just the nature of the characters and how they phrased it. But it's like if I was to try to write a story about like like a, a race allegory, I would miss a lot of nuance that came from it. And yeah. it, it, it didn't make Susan any less sympathetic. I still do like Susan as a character. But what it what it made was that Susan... Like, I looked at Susan and I was just like, she still has to develop as a feminist. And she did a lot of really, really great things. Like, standing up for Esther, I think, was incredibly, like, a show of strength. But it also, to me, conflicted a lot with what she was printing in that article, specifically about that one guy with the really killer mustache. Like, it it became a very personal attack against him. Yeah, like, it was such a personal thing about him rather than any kind of reflection on feminist beliefs. And it's why I appreciated their interaction later where they kind of came to a truce because it's like, that's what feminism is. It's, it's the understanding of Mm -hmm. people and her working through that negativity, that bullshit, whatever bad history that they had and stepping back and treating him as an individual rather than being like, Oh, he's a man. He must suck. You know, that kind of, if that makes sense, what I'm trying to say, like, her bad blood with him was poisoning her feminist views and it just it made i hope to see her grow mm-hmm. so. yeah not not all people that believe the same thing you believe are are good or 100 right like right with their actions you know like that's the yeah and i get it and i get i get too how it's complicated to have those kinds of more direct looks because you know regardless what the author believes or what we believe whenever we read it people's pieces of literature and art once they're out in the universe can take on whatever meaning people want to ascribe to it so it's like it's like kind of the same thing that happens to the euphemism treadmill whenever you know like people decide to put negative connotations on things sometimes you lose the good that came out of the nuanced look at uh an issue you know yep. it's like so yep. i mean i mean um, i can i can see i can see now that you're talking about it like where i wasn't i was rose color glassing it a little bit because i was just so happy to see something i felt very strong like i felt mirrored me and and like it makes me sad now because like yeah, don't don't feel sad do yeah make them, make them work against you no, uh, no, no, it makes me sad because like, like, you're right like i could totally 100 percent see like i i still want to give it 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 it's kudos though because i think it's a really important like plot development for susan and i can't really comment on it 
by just like looking at volume one because I haven't read where it goes. I don't know where it goes. I don't know its relevancy later. I don't know how she developed. And she has a lot of other things that are really, really great about her that kind of negate it. Like it makes it really obvious that it's just like a personal, like her printing the femism zine or whatever really just shows off like her distaste of this distaste of this one person i mean he even has that one random character who's like this isn't feminism like what the fuck (laughs) and so like there is an awareness to it it being susan's got a chip on her shoulder for this one guy and she's gonna take him out you know that kind of shit but uh, you also brought up a second thing that i really liked and that was the relationship the friendship between daisy and i forgot the other girl's name and how Esther swoops in and like confronts this girl and is like, you led my friend on. And I really love that the other girl was able to turn around and just pretty much say, just because I'm a lesbian doesn't mean I want to fuck all girls. You know, <laughs> like it, I thought that was great to have too, because it was, uh, it was a nice little jab at the same time. Like it, it pointed out Esther was overstepping her boundaries as Daisy's friends. And Sometimes that's just reality. You can be friends with people and not want to sleep with them. And it's it's fair for people to want that. I, I really liked that scene. Those two scenes, or those two yeah. plot points, I thought were really, really good. I'm going to break your heart a little bit, though. Oh, no. I didn't really like the book overall. <laughs> oh, really? Why not? Uh, because I think it would have been better, better to read in single issues than a trade. Um, I felt the timing yeah, was weird. Sometimes yeah, that way. It didn't flow very well, or at least, yeah, it, I felt like it didn't flow well. Like, I was, a critique would have been, if you're doing a slice of life, put a little bit more distance between chapters. Like, put filler art in between chapters. Instead of doing, like, a cover gallery at the end, put them in between the chapters to just to kind of mentally break it up. If that makes sense. Uh, but I did feel yeah, like it was like... You just stuttering, stuttering over, over it? it? Yeah, because it was like, I don't understand how time worked in it. And it, so it just it felt a little uh, choppy. Yeah. Well, and I just wanted to... I mean, I just wanted to point out that navigating friendships thing actually is the beef that the lady dealing with feminism had with that boy. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it kind of was throughout the... Because there's, there's like a different character, too, that had the same sort of situation where, you know, like, the myth of the French zone kind of grows out of, like, you know, we think that we have a right to people's emotional lives and a right to have the relationship we want with the person, and because we're invested, you know, especially, I find, like, people who have a hard time getting invested with people, once they do have that, it hits them a lot harder, I think, than people who make a lot of easy friends you know that level of commitment or whatever whatever you're fresh and new and you've never seen this before or you've never felt this before or it's so rare it's so hard etc like nobody gets me quote-unquote trademark whatever like i could see where that hits people really strongly but mm-hmm. I, I wish people talked about it and not like the shitty 90s early 2000s like xander's been friend zone way you know? yeah so it's pretty much people need like to get out like more this. you know they, you just people need to get out and socialize more exactly <laughs> Like, you gotta, yeah. No, I get it, but I do think... It's hard, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do think a lot of the characters had pretty healthy reactions to things, or at least pretty fun stuff. Like, I think that main group of the, of the three girls and the one boy who hangs out with them, I think they actually have pretty healthy relationships, um, like friendships, but amongst yeah, the group. Like, it's a really... You're as codependent as a lot of mine got. Uh, <laughs> same girl like they they have like pretty 
uh, I, I don't want to say they have strong boundaries because there is some disregard for each other's boundaries, but <laughs> they do have a pretty, uh, it's a pretty good setup. Pretty good gig they've got going on. Who's your favorite character? Um, like I said, all three of these women are like different aspects of my personality that I really am having a hard time choosing between, but in terms of like just joy, mm-hmm. I really liked a character who was turning 18. You know, Daisy? Um, got it. Name, that was Daisy. Yeah. Daisy's pretty cute. Daisy, yeah. Because mm-hmm. a little beam of sunshine, you know, like homeschooled and mm-hmm. like just sweet and grandma's girl. And I don't know. The whole thing, I was just like, aw, you know. And I, I don't know. There isn't. I, I get that it's not as flowy. And that's completely. That's your your business to make that critique and to break my heart like that but um you remember what happened with monstrous i could always just read volume two and come back around to it i know, you know? Like, just keep just just read it again because i just i can't handle it it's just it's bringing up too many of our anyway, issues no, like yeah yeah like the codependency is really flaring um no <laughs> <laughs> The thing that I like about all of these characters, but Daisy in particular, is they're dealing with things that felt like the end of the goddamn world whenever I was going through them, you know? But, Mm -hmm. like, they're doing it in a very fun, comedic sort of way that, like, yeah, they're dealing, like, sometimes it's sad or whatever, but it's mostly overall just upbeat. Everyone is just living their lives, and life isn't necessarily 100% evil all the time. And, I I don't know, it it was fresh, in that way, which is why I gravitated to Daisy, because the whole property was fresh, but of all of them, she came out smelling the most like a Daisy, if I'm even allowed to do that, because it's terrible, but I did it in It is, it is. I really liked Esther. There we go. Esther. Uh, I really liked her. Um, Esther. She's fun, she's dramatic, she was always kind of a party, and I loved that. Like, I... Yeah. I don't know, it just... She was fun, and when I'm feeling in a really good mood, we say very we say things in very similar ways. So, like, I understood the beat of her personality pretty quickly, <laughs> her sense of humor pretty quickly, and I just really liked the way she kind of ex- like was executed on the pages. Now, if I was to say I was more like a character, it would be Susan. I think just being grumpy all the time, but and also <laughs> I dress like her very comfortably. And Esther has a killer wardrobe that I could never pull off. But no, I I, I can't say that I, like I'm fond of it. I'm fond of the characters, and obviously this story, this series did well enough to last. I think the last I looked, it was like 22 volumes or something. At least that was a number that kept popping up when I was trying to find volume one. Um, so it did well. I mean, it it kept sustaining itself for a while. So I might be in the minority when it comes to having a ambivalent opinion. Well, I don't know. Like, when things last forever, it does not necessarily mean that they're good. Like, think of it. Uh, Tremors Action has Sonic, a lot of movies. Batman. No. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I just said some fiery stuff. Yeah, there are a lot of Tremler, yeah. Tremors movies. Aquaman is still around. Yeah. They keep bringing back side characters where you're just like, let them go. Just let them go. Star Wars won't die. Like, yeah, that, that's oh my stuff that just comes sticking around. <sighs> you're like, let it go. Or just let new <laughs> stuff happen in it. Let's stop retelling the same just thing. Just let the past die. 
We are real people. Believe it or not, I am not a robot. So, yeah, um, I, maybe it gets a little bit more concise as it goes on. Again, I think it would have just been better to read in singles, waiting for time. I've noticed that with some books that if they go on a hiatus, they do a significant story jump. And even as a, I, since I do read stuff kind of in bursts rather than every month, I can, I feel that awkward pacing in a lot of other stories. Yeah. So maybe it'll, I don't know. I feel you. I, I have yeah. some that come to mind immediately as well. So yeah, I could see this one being that way. I'm kind of curious. I burned through all of my borrows this month, but I'm curious to borrow volume two, or maybe we could just do volume two and see if it has the same sort of feel to it. We'll just call it the monstrous effect. We'll just, yes. I think that's a good, good yes, little, yes. yeah, there we go. I like it. There, there we go. go. All right. Well, look forward to volume two, I guess, to see if it gets if Giant Days gets its own little redemption arc or not. But thank you for joining us today. Hope you have a good one or not. Who knows? I make no promises. Bye. Bye. Esther. 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 Yeah.